And welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan and joined by future stars Hall of Famer Craig Ludwig. If you listened to a previous podcast, Jeff K., the PA announcer, he asked me who I thought should go in the Dallas Stars Hall. Immediately, Craig Ludwig's name was mentioned. He says he has no juice, but he'll mention it in the hallways. Here we go, people, as we will continue to push for Luds in the Hall of Fame. And he joins me now, the two-time Stanley Cup winner. How are you, buddy? Well, that's a hell of an intro. What do you mean I don't have juice? What is juice? Ju- juice means like, you know, you 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 go and you pound the table and you say Craig Ludwig needs to be in the Hall of Fame, which you do. Oh, Jeff K is saying he yeah, has he's, no yeah, juice. Yeah, I, thought exactly. it, I, I basically thought it means he has no stats. I was going to agree with him. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, everything's good. Just uh, yeah, we had a little, we were finally in Dallas, um, our U18 team for the weekend. So it was nice to be able to stay at home for a little bit, you know. And nice. so now we're getting ready and we got the week this week and off. So everything's good. Okay, so can Spitz and Suds listeners go watch Craig Ludwig coach? What about watching me do what? Can, if your team's home, can we go watch? Anybody can go watch. All right, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, this is still free, and it's, you know, it's. I wouldn't say it's for fun because it's not. It's, yeah. You're trying to teach these kids how to approach it more business-like because all we're trying to do you or do for you is get to the next level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I hear you by the way, failed to ask last week because I didn't know if maybe you had to do it last second. What did you wear for Halloween? (laughs) It's funny. Everybody, um, that saw it thought it was very, very appropriate. (laughs) I was the Grinch. You were the Grinch? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, we, I play, what we do is we split up and, uh, we have teams of four. And so all of our players get into their own teams. They all have costumes. And then I had, uh, two of my boys played and our other coach, Addy. So we, um, um, we kind of went with, uh, a holiday um, kind of theme, you know, and uh, Addie was a Santa Claus and the other ones were riding Santa Claus and them stupid outfits. So um, it, it's not easy to play in some of this stuff, though. So um, it makes it a little a little difficult at times. And, you know, we play round robin. So we play like, I don't know, four games or so like that. And the games are all about uh, eight, ten minutes long and it's split. And you play half ice and that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, it's a bit of a beating, yeah. you know, um, we got a pretty good team this year. And so we got some good players. So see, that's but the softer I mean, side you know, of Luds. He dresses up for Halloween. Who me? I Halloween is my Christmas. Is it really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that's great. I like. It. All right, we're going to get into Stars and Bruins in a second, but I pulled this clip to get a story from you from the past as far as team Halloween parties because here's Andrew Ladd and he was on Clearing the Crease with your guy Mike Commodore and Andrew Raycroft talking about a Halloween party in Winnipeg. So anyway, we had a Halloween party there 
And there's a good Dustin Bufflin story. He's like, he loves hunting and fishing and all that stuff. But he decides to bring a blow dart to this Halloween party. Jesus. <laughs> so, you know, he gets a few drinks in him and all of a sudden he's oh, like, yeah. oh, it'd be funny to like shoot this blow dart at, at someone. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really funny. So, Anyway, so he's he he hit like a couple people, and you know people are feeling they're feeling good, so it's not not a not a big deal so far. But then Blake Wheeler's wife grabs she she gets a hold of it, and she's like, "Oh, it's gonna be funny to like shoot Blake when he's like we were playing ping pong in the or beer pong in the in the garage, I think." So she's like lining up to get wheels as he's playing beer pong, and I'm walking around the corner at the same time. So she blows it and it hits me like right in the hip flexor. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, and then Buff's sitting in the corner laughing his ass off like a, you know, 10 year old kid. Dustin Bufflin bringing a blow dart gun to a Halloween party. Any uh, recall of stories from your past Halloween parties with teammates? Uh, you know, the, <clears throat> the one I remember from a long time ago, we had, uh, I always bring up the Big Apple Cafe out there in Arlington, my buddy Joe, and, um, we had a Halloween party there, and so Pam, my ex, and I went as Hitchcock and Ganey, and so, uh, <laughs> but we went and had it professionally done, and so, and we made sure that we were, we were late, and it was probably 20, 30 minutes after we're supposed to be there, and we don't, you know, you always make sure that you, you I mean, some guys take it <clears throat> a little more serious than others, and, and you don't you don't tell anybody that it's you and you want them to eventually figure it out. So anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, we came walking in about 20, 30 minutes later and we just stood at the door and we just kind of looked around because typically you don't tell your coaches, you know, with that, all the guys <laughs> sure. are going out and having a party and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I did have a couple guys come up to me and tell me that, you know, Hey, you know, this is a player's thing, coach, you know, one of those. Really? Kind of things. So it was obviously, it, it went over pretty good. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as bringing blow darts, uh, that's a hockey player should know better than that, especially from the past, maybe not today, but yeah. today they'd bring blenders and, and help protein. <laughs> if they had it, if they you can see we, we bring blow darts and, you know, things like that. Yeah, different uh different times. Different time. Yeah, absolutely. So you were Hitch and she was Gainey, right? Yeah, yeah. And I made her <clears throat> she had cotton stuffed in her. No, I was Gainey. I was Gainey. Oh, she okay. was Oh no, and she had cotton stuffed in her cheeks and you know and the and the Hitch hairdo and I had a <clears throat> I had some kind of I don't know, stuff on my head that, you know, you were bald with the exception of a little, you know, a little monkey bum that Bo used to have on the top and back of his head and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was, uh, had suits and ties and the bow tie as Bob Ganey would wear. And we each had a little bag and a briefcase, kind of like you were, you know, coming right off a plane kind of stuff. So, wow. Did the pictures get back to those guys? Did the pictures get back to them? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they, they, they laugh at them. They love yeah. them. You know, they, they, <clears throat> again, different time, different era. And I, I, I think we always, and they always looked at it. Uh, and we do too today. Um, at least we do. Those are good team events, you know, bonding things and get the players there, get the wives there. And, um, you know, sometimes you don't get to know 
all the other families, you know, cause you kind <clears> of <throat> do your thing. And, um, but you know, it's funny. And then the next day at practice and the practices are usually good, surprisingly enough, the next day, um, uh, because everybody's playing guilty, you know, and guys had a, you know, few cocktails and, um, and, and they know that you had a few cocktails and, and they come out of there going, Jesus, that was pretty good practice. Maybe we should let them do it more often. So, <laughs> you know, you, you've uh, talked about Hitchcock on this podcast, but you haven't really, or I haven't asked about Bob Ganey because that's a longstanding relationship with both Montreal and Dallas. I look at Bob Ganey as my Scotty Bowman. Um, you know, I, as a rookie in Montreal, he would bring me back in flights and he'd have a couple cans of beer back there and, um, he'd give me a piece of paper and a pencil and ask me to draw up our penalty kill. Um, you can see why, you know, he, he's 24 seven and he, and he's always been involved in the game, um, from a, you know, from a player to a coach, to a GM, to consultants and, uh, <clears throat> you know, all, I mean, everything he's done. And, and, and again, I look at it and I talk about him all the time and, you know, and, and he was, you didn't realize it at the time, but he was always teaching and coaching and, and coming up to you. And, 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 you know, there's a, <clears throat> I brought it up and, you know, in the, in the room in Montreal, they, I don't know how many years they've had it hanging there. And it's, and it's a quote from, I believe it's a poem from, I think it's called Flanders field, but in short, and it's in French. And now I think it's in both French and English, but, just in short, it, it basically, it, it says from these failing hands, we pass this torch, yours to hold it high. And, and what it really means is like, you know, you, you give back and we're passing the torch to you guys. And, um, and I think as my career went along, I started to understand what it actually meant. And you had guys like Larry Robinson and Ganey and Lafleur and Shut, and they'd come up to you, you know, and they were, they had been in the league for <clears throat> whatever it was, eight to 10 years prior to me getting there. And so they were, they were in that mode. They were in that mode of, of teaching you if you're going to play this game and if you want to play it for a long time and you want to survive and here are the things that you're going to go through and here are the things and the ways that we've found that keep us in the game. <clears throat> you know, and I, I've probably talked about this before, but Bo and I, Bob Ganey and I were sitting on the, on the training room table um, and we were playing Boston. It was in Boston and it was, I don't know which, which game it was, but it was in the playoffs and he was getting a little, you know, getting ready for the game from one of the trainers. I was getting my stuff done to me from the trainer, different trainer. And he just kind of looked over and he goes, Leds, you know why we do this? And, you know, my, my immediate answer is we, we just love to play the game. And he goes, yeah, but that's not really why, <clears throat> you know, this is like my second year. And here I am sitting next to the captain of Montreal Canadiens. He goes, we do it because if we don't go out and play tonight and they put somebody else in our spot and they play just as well, maybe even better, and they're younger and they make less money, we could be out of here. Mm, <laughs> you know what he was basically yeah. saying? You do what you have to do to stay in the lineup. Because there's always somebody else waiting to take your spot. Right. And, you know, and, and if that that particular player is um, young and making way less money, you know, they'll look up the guys upstairs are like, hey, 
we can save some money here on the cap or, you know, that kind of stuff. And here's somebody that's just as good and probably has a bigger upside. So just those little kind of things, I think that they were, um, you know, and I think a lot of it maybe was more about off ice, how you approach your day and your practice. And, you know, as much as we say it's our life, you got to have a life outside of it. And you have to be able to, I tell our guys now, you know, you come from school or high school, whatever, whatever level it is. And when you get to the rink and you get in that room, don't bring your shit into the room. You're here for two and a half, three hours a day. And this is, this is our, this is our Shangri-La in here. Everything. And when you walk out the doors, all that shit's coming back again. But when you're in here with this group of people and we're a family in here, we're going to have fun. We're going to work hard together. We're going to get something accomplished and, you know, hopefully it pays off in the long run for you. But all the other good and bad things are going to be there when you walk out those doors. That's right. So enjoy it while you're here. Yeah. That's, that's great insight. That's a uh, really good insight. Never heard you talk about Bob Gainey uh, before. I put everything, all the drama outside when I come in here for spits and suds, get to spend time with my bestie. That's how I roll. No drama. This is here. nothing but drama with you. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, all right. So stars dropped their second straight, uh, three to two to Boston. Um, has it crossed Craig's mind that I know you've said over and over, you have to beat the people in front of you, but the inability to beat what I feel are the upper tier teams thus far with Vancouver, Boston, Vegas, and Toronto games that uh, I think the Stars fared well in Vegas, but I think Toronto outplayed them. I think Vancouver outplayed them. And last night, I think they were, for the most part, outplayed by Boston as well. Um, it, it Again, what, 10, 11 games, whatever it is. Yeah, it's probably like too said, early, I, but it's in my <clears throat> mind. Yeah, the, the sky's not falling. You know, they're a good team. Um, I think that I, I, I don't know if we've seen a complete game, but again, this is kind of history with Dallas, right? They're, they're, they find the good news is, is they find ways to win games and they have found ways. And unfortunately, so far this year, I think they're not that they haven't played well, they've played well, but they're leaning too much on their goaltending. And, you know, the, he's had to make some some big saves yes. to keep in gains. And, he, and that's what he's getting paid to do. So and anybody will tell you that's what goalies are supposed to do, and that's what they're supposed to do. But, you know, and again, I, I've said it enough. It's, it, some of these things for me are self-inflicted only because of the, sometimes the way that they play in their own zone. Um, I think they can they, – they, at times they create their own – issues in front of their goaltenders and system wise, whatever it is, but um, you know, they're a deeper team, but I'll tell you what it, what last night's game did for me is it tells me um, about Matt Duchesne. They missed yes. Matt Duchesne last yes, night. Yes. Very um, much so. You know, because they, they don't have, and again, good on Jim Neal to go out and grab him and get him for a good price. And, you know, he's, he's proving that he wants another deal here next year, as long as at least the way it's going right now. Um, but when you don't have his skill set in there, there is a bit of a drop off, but then on the other side of the coin, 
Wyatt Johnson was great last night, yeah, you know, and <clears throat> so he stepped up. I think that's, in a way, that's a good thing too, you know, because guys are going to get hurt and and I'm, sometimes they get hurt at the wrong times of the year and big games and things like that. But I, I think for coaches and upstairs people, they're going, okay, well, if he's out, um, this player here, we can give him four or five more minutes a night because, you know, he picked up the slack and, um, but you know, like I said, I, what, what's surprising through the first 10, 11 games, whatever it is, is that they really haven't got their power play in gear. They've gotten chances. It just hasn't found the back of the net. I mean, I think they're somewhere under 10%. Yes. That's not what we're used to. And again, sometimes that's because we're used to them scoring, you know, two to three power play goals a night right. and it's going to come. And that, and that's probably because not everybody is, is on, on point right now. I, you know, Robo, I think Robertson's got to, he's got to get his confidence and a couple more got to start going in the net for him. Um, you know, but, but Hens had opportunities. Joe had, you know, Joe scores last night again. Um, the guy just, does, he just doesn't show age, does he? No. Um, but that that's the, if there's two areas and, and, and one is only, and I don't mean it in a bad way from saying concerning only because I see it. I saw it last year in the playoffs. I saw how things went in their own zone during the playoffs against a really good Vegas team. And Vegas exploited some of those things. And to me, that was the difference. Um, otherwise, they're, you know, they're arm in arm with each other. The 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 power play stuff is gonna come around. I, yep. they're just they're just too good and, and too talented. And uh, again, you know, just going back to, to last night's game. They should have had two, three goals on the power play. Swayman was just, you know, that's terrific. Good. Yeah. So the contender for Boston. Yeah. And, and you run into those things. You run yeah. into them and, and, and that happens. But again, like I said, th there's no panic button here because, you know, we're, we're, we're a month into the season. I also thought Ty Delandria showed well last night. And, you know, I, I love Ty's game and I'm hoping he gets opportunities because I know he's not putting the puck in the net, but I saw two shifts that, were created by Delandria's hustle that resulted in quality scoring chances. Well, that's what he is. I mean, we, we talked about this. I, I remember saying, you know, the first, in the first 10 games I saw him play when he first was rookie, I love the guy. But, but, but I kind of, I cheer for those kind of guys. Um, you know, the, the third liners, the fourth liners, the, the grinders, the guys that do all the dirty work, they go to the net, they take the hits, they deliver the hits, they play hard on the wall. They get pucks in, they get pucks out. They understand that the way to stay in the lineup, in the rotation, um, play more than eight, nine minutes a night is to do all the little things. They're dependable and, and you know what you get from them. Are, are they, you know, no, they're not going to put up 35 goals, but they're going to be part of that. They're going to be part of why your depth guys, um, because you, you, you win championships pretty much because of all your top players, but you don't win them without the other guys. The, the, the top guys can't play 35 minutes a night and you have to be able to lean on and give roles to the bottom six forwards. You have to give roles to the bottom two, bottom three defensemen. You have to be able to give them minutes and if nothing more than to give the top guys time to get back to the bench and, and recover and rest for two, three shifts. You know, you get there, your number two line goes out. We can throw off the number three line out. That gives our number one line a little bit of rest. And if we can get our number four out there and play them 10, 12, 14 minutes a night 
Jesus, now we got balance and everybody's just itching to get out there because they're ready to go and you know they're not tired. So uh, <clears throat> they're they're part of the fabric of uh, of championship teams. I mean, go down the list of of all the teams that have won it, and you can go back to Vegas and you can go to Colorado and yeah, their top players were their best players, but there's always two, three, four other guys, defensemen, uh, five and six. Uh, a defenseman number five and six, and and maybe it's the number 10, 11, 12 forward, you know, that have big games and or kill penalties or are out there at the end of a period, um, the last 30 seconds to, to get out of the period with the lead, you know, things like that. So it it, it, it takes a group. It's it's not just always just those top guys that that ultimately get get you where you want to go. So Craig, I had this on my mind, but I didn't want to say it because it's it's kind of silly saying it until I was watching the Hockey Night in Canada feed of Stars Vancouver on Saturday night, and the analyst brought up, he said, you know, I'd like to see some of those, it seems as though the Stars miss the net a lot on their shots, almost like they're being, you know, too particular in where they're trying to shoot it. And I wanted to get your thoughts as a former player, because I say that as well. I mean, so many times I just feel as though the shot, you know, misses and hits the glass. You know, I mean, are they being too particular? Well, there's a couple reasons. And and I and I will do it again today. I do it three times a week in our warm-up drills for our, with our team. I will blow the whistle and I'll start screaming because all I hear is our pucks hitting the glass. And they're but from a youth standpoint, they love the top shelf goals, you know, because that's what they see. That's YouTube. Yep. They see all the highlights. Unfortunately, and I think what brings some of that on, again, you're you're really talking to the wrong guy about this, as we know. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's, it's just a really bad question for me. But I can tell you just from – because what happens is they're trying to be too perfect. And really what lends them to that, and you talk about Vancouver, their goaltender has been lights out this year. Lights out. And so you don't see any holes. And now they're trying to find that little tiny piece of space. And I remember, and, and I've, I've talked to our guys about this, and for the life of me, to this day, 40 years later, I have no idea why Guy Lafleur, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest players to ever play the game, the flower, came up to me my rookie year. <clears throat> it was about two months into the season, three months maybe, uh, now let's keep in mind, I didn't even score my first year in the NHL. I got no goals. So why Flower comes up to me and says, Lads, do not, do not pick these top little corners or these little seams here. You shoot, you shoot the puck just to miss the goalie. Just miss the goalie. That's all you have to do. Which makes sense because when you come down, and again, not my not my bailiwick. But when players come down and they see a guy like Demko or they see a guy like Swayman or and they don't see much, they don't see anything. So they start to get too perfect. And you and, and you, instead of looking at the, that top little corner, high corner, just miss his shoulder, just aim for his shoulder and just miss his shoulder. I, it, I guess it makes sense to some of those guys. Uh, you know, I mean, again, the wrong guys speaking here. And I tell our guys all the time, just and ask Brett Hull. Hull he didn't. Hull he didn't pick corners. He'll tell you. I mean, he did, 
But he it was all about his release. Get mm-hmm. it and shoot it. Get it and shoot it. Make sure it's going on net. And his one timers that he's known for. Let's let's talk about Ovechkin. I don't think that guy picks his corners. No, he gets it off, and it's a heavy shot. You know, they it's got to be in the right spot for these guys. But it's about the quickness. It's about getting it and getting it off your stick. Don't let the goalie set up. Don't let him mountain challenge and all this other kind of stuff. But again, like I say, I'll say it again. <laughs> Ask that question when you have Joe Pavelski on the air <laughs> on your podcast, or or Rupe Hints or Robertson. Come on, so, you must have roofed one in your career. Pardon me. You must have roofed one in your core career. Yeah, on my own goalies at times when I went down to block him and it hit me in the hip or something like that and went upstairs on Belfour or Patrick and Eddie would always give me the stare. <clears throat> but then them damn goalies, and they forget all about the ones that you, you, you save for them, you know, the ones you go flying across and take it in the back of the head or something like that. But the one time it hits you and goes in. Um, <clears throat> but no, I've, I, I've never, I've never roofed. If, if I roofed, if it went upstairs, it's because it went off with somebody. It was never intentional. I play in game and leagues and stuff like that. Now, hell, I don't even try. Okay. I, so I just so get it therefore where, and we'll get back to stars Bruins, but I need to know, I've never asked you this. Where is Ludwig's first goal puck? Uh, you know, it is in a box somewhere the nhl did this and it's in a box and what it was is it's a plaque uh engraved on the plaque it'll give you that it starts I'm, I'm trying to vision it right now there your name is on top the puck is glued to this plaque uh it tells you where it was at the team that you played against which was winnipeg for me and it has the goalie's name that you scored it against, which was Staniowski, Staniowski, something like that. And then it'll have who assisted on the goals. Crazy enough, it was Larry Robinson and Guy Lafleur. Wow. I had the assists on my, my first goal. And then I just saw something a few months ago where they were talking about Larry Robinson's um, 800th point came whenever it came and Larry had an assist on my goal on one of my (laughs) dozen goals in my career, (laughs) something like that. So, which is very cool for me because, you know, Larry Robinson was and and, and still is, I mean, he's just first class again, the big bird, uh, uh, Hall of Famer, the whole, whole yards, he's done everything. So, um, yeah, those aren't, uh, you know, I think mine is actually on a stone tablet that that came from the Bible. That's how old it is. But one of them tablets. <laughs> Do you remember? Was it was it a one timer or was it a wrister that got through? No, it was it was just a shot that I threw at the net from the point, and you know he didn't see it obviously. But but then I went. I actually when I found that out, um, uh, and this was old. This was less than a year ago because somebody else asked me the same question. I looked it up, and or somebody looked it up. I think I did. But anyway. <laughs> We had scored eight goals in that game, <laughs> so it was, it, and I think it was the eighth goal. So, uh, and a lot of minutes and, for Luds that night. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, you know, and and I think I think he was. I think I saw that he never played again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you ended I, his I career. Back the you yeah. ended his career. So is it? No, it, it wasn't me. I, I did not get the last goal of the game. It was just, <laughs> it was one of them, you know, the ones in the middle that really don't matter. The one of those kind of things, which all, most of my, all my goals were like that. So when you get a hole in one, you know, you get back to the clubhouse, you have to buy drinks for everyone. 
when you score your first NHL goal, is that the same? Uh, it wasn't at the time. I, I didn't have any money at the time to buy any, so they they gave me a break on that. So uh, <laughs> no, it was it was nothing like that. Let me tell you, it, it's just something you really don't even want to talk about because you you just know that. See, and that was my second year. My first year, it was in Montreal, shot from the point, and it did go upstairs. As a matter of fact, but it did not count, and we did not have review because it did not look according to the linesman, the referees. They said no, they did not go in the net. Well, the journal, the paper in Montreal, the Bible, as they call it, had a picture two days later of the puck in the net, how mm. the hell they had that. So I technically did score in my first season, but it didn't count. So I went 82 games or whatever the season was and had no goals and have probably only had about five or six assists. I don't honestly don't even remember, but um, so I did not technically score my, my first NHL goal until I don't even know when that one, probably halfway through my second season or something like that. Yeah. So, Wow. Okay, yep. so the Stars score a goal. Looks like they got some momentum. Crowd gets into the game. And then Mason Marchment commits holding the stick on David Hasternak, which killed momentum, and the Bruins went on to score. And Pete DeBoer, uh, after the game, said, poor penalty, poor timing, no sugarcoating that. I'd like to say it was a bad call, but it was a penalty. You can't do that at that point. We battled back into the game. He's a smarter, better player than that and as Saad Youssef points out uh, Marchman didn't take another shift for that game so you know I you try to be aggressive and penalties happen but at the same time would you agree with coach there that that's a that was a tough penalty uh, especially since even though the puck was in the vicinity I don't think it had to do with the play right yeah that you summed it up you summed it up right there uh, yeah <clears throat> and again it's a, a we're talking the first 10 12 games of the year too right but but these games are different when you play boston and you play colorado and you play vegas you know those teams these games are different and regardless of when you play them and the reason is is they're they're i guess people would call all of these teams including dallas they're all cup contenders and you want to you you look back at some of these games and and you look and even if you don't deserve the win but you beat them that matters and and so it's a game that Pete DeBoer and, and the team wanted to win because it's a good team I mean Jesus they have something incredible going back to last year I, I know like three weeks ago or something like that they had going back to the they had 147 points in their last 80 some games. Like it's regular season yeah. stuff. So they're, they're, and they're a team right now that everybody said they were done. You know, their top two centermen are done and, you know, there's changes and all this other kind of stuff. They just pick up right where they're left off. So they're a measuring stick. It's a measuring stick game. And it's not a game that, that coaches and GMs and everybody don't want to, want to win. And like I said, back to Marchman, this is part of who Marchman is too. I mean, he has to, when he's, in your face and finishing checks and drops the gloves occasionally. That's, that's part of his, that's part of his calling card. He has to be that kind of player. Um, you know, and I think sometimes maybe he gets to where he just wants to dangle maybe and wants to, you know, score goals, but he can be that total package, you know, in that role. So 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 I can see it, but, but let me tell you, there, there was, a, there's other things. There, there's other things in the game that, that led to the first two goals. I mean, I, I run them back and I go back and I use them. I'm going to use them again today. And I'll say, this is why we don't just our particular team. We don't play this way, this style. And, and again, like I said, there, there's lots of teams that do, and you can play whatever style you want. I don't, it doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just, I, I'm an old dog. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, so, and there's other things that led to, to chances during the game and, but Otter was great again. I mean, he made some big saves again. So, but, it, but I can see where it's frustrating. And I, and I go back to, because it's the Boston Bruins, you know, if you're losing to somebody in the middle of the pack or down, there may be a whole bunch of other reasons you may not look at that one particular time you know and maybe it's because but then again why didn't we kill the penalty you know it, it was like wasn't it immediately like immediately. within six seconds yeah okay yeah. well that makes it sting even more yeah because now you're you're still not done staring at the guy that went over to sit in the penalty box you're still pissed off that he that he took a penalty and then you're probably still staring at them when the, while they're dropping the puck, and then all of a sudden it ends in, up in the net. And so now you know now there's little little streams of smoke that are coming out of yours at the same time. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, but but again, they got the day off today. They'll come back. They'll go to work, and you know because I think his line has been good this year. I mean, when that's why. That's why sometimes, but but again, these are coaches. This is what they do. <laughs> so no, it certainly I has. Just, but I mean, you're right. Duchesne's loss last night certainly affected that line. It was a different line. Yeah, yeah, but that that line is a good line. I mean, when you look at Duchesne and and Tyler and Mason, they they've been a really good effective line. So that's what allows them to play three deep or whatever it is. You know what I mean? And 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 roll and. Um, you know, and, and they're, they're not afraid to, um, when your top line comes off the ice after a regular shift and, and you get a power play, they're not afraid to send that. I mean, sometimes they'll just, you know, send that top line back out there. You know, we want you guys taking a face off in the offensive zone. Let's start right now. But, but you don't see that all the time. Now you're seeing Duchenne get out there yeah. in his group, you know, because they're like, oh yeah, we got a, we got a one A and a one B here. Yeah, I thought the and, Bruins were great on the face-off last night, by the way. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that's something the Stars pride themselves on, and I thought the Bruins were the better team. Well, the percentages show they were the better team last night in the face-off circle. Yeah, but Jamie, Jamie's just – Jamie Ben's been unreal. I mean, Jamie Ben really has good. been really good in all diff- all areas of the game. He really has. Jamie, when you get Jamie in the face-off circle, like, I mean, it's almost like you would have to think – that they are creating face-offs, especially offensive zone face-offs around when Jamie Ben is on the ice, because he is just strong. He, he's a he's a he's an animal on the face-offs, especially on his backhand side, um, which you know does I don't to me I don't I could care less what side of the ice you're on when you take a backhand. I, I don't care if it's in your own zone. Just let your defenseman and goalie know, hey, I'm coming back this way. I I, I have no problem. Just win it. We know what's going on, but but Jamie just seems to. You know, always come out of games at six over sixty percent. I don't look at the stats all the time, but it just seems like he's always winning faceoffs. But, but I think they're a good team, and you see how many things are created off of faceoffs in the offensive zone for them. So finally, I did want to talk about number four um, because a lot of people early season, and it was too early to talk about, but 
you know, what's it going to take for Miro to win the Norris, to be considered for the Norris, to be a Norris Trophy candidate, and, um, you know, there are just a lot of quality defensemen uh, out there in the NHL, so it is tough to crack the top three. Um, what are you seeing in Miro's game? I did like Craig. I pointed this out last night with uh, with Sean and David, who joined me right after the game to talk about the game. I did like that Miro, I felt, was more aggressively offensively, and I want to see more of that. I liked how he was entering the zone and was aggressive in the zone with some of his rushes, and I liked that he was trying his best to put pucks on net. Well, he had eight shots last night, I think. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I know he had two off of a two one draws, two face offs. But unfortunately, I, I listen, you, you can, I don't care, Al Freddy, Al McKinnis, the guys that had some of the hard Chara, you can take the best guys that had the hardest shots in the game, you can put them on the blue line with the goalie in the net and give them 10 pucks. They ain't scoring maybe one without traffic. I'm talking about just the goalie and the and the, and the shooter. It ain't going in. And look at the well, you don't remember probably, but the, the two faceoff ones that Miro got even held the puck, held on to it for a couple seconds or a second, waiting for somebody to get to the front of the net, and nobody did. And, and that that a lot of credit goes to the Boston Bruins, you know, because they were in lanes and you know they weren't allowing them. That's what you're supposed to do. If you lose a faceoff, hold your guy up, let our goaltender see the puck, and and so part of that but to, to get to Miro you're you're right and I think when you when you find big games Miro seems to do more and I, I don't I don't know why but but you seem to see him more rushing the puck and things like that but but I've said for a long time I I don't look at like Hughes in in, in Vancouver I think Hughes is I think as a matter of fact I think the Hughes brothers are leading yeah. The NHL in scoring right now. The yeah. one in Vancouver and the one in uh, Jersey. I, I think, think they've surpassed. Or, you know, it's close, but I think there's a. Yeah. I think they've surpassed the Kachucks as far as the first family in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and you know, so but the I, I, Peterson is up there too, or Pedersen, whatever they're calling him, Vancouver. He's oh there, yeah, so. but anyway, um, though they're though the Fox Adam Fox in in, in uh, New Special. York, yeah. and of, of course McCarr in Colorado. Yep. Um, Edmund in Tampa. Hughes. Well, which one in Tampa? Edmund. Well, Eckholm, Eckholm is more, I, I look at Eckholm more as a rounded one. Yeah. You know, he's more rounded. He can play good defense in front of his net. He's got a bit of an edge to him. He's hard to play against. Um, they've got Boucher, who's their big, big hammer now from the back in Edmonton. You know, he's going to bomb for a shot, but those other guys I mentioned, they're more, and then Car obviously Eric Carlson's been there sure. for a long time. Yeah. You know, they're, these are guys that play as well East West as they do North and South, yeah. but there's more, uh, ability to put the puck in the net, I believe to them and their, their playmakers, Miro to me is more of an all-rounded one, and, and unfortunately, they're not the ones. And I'm not talking about Miro. The other ones I mentioned, they're not the ones that I would give the Norris Trophy to. I mean, all you're doing is giving a Norris Trophy to the the top scoring defenseman in the league. That that's all it is. And I think Miro's game, because of the way that he can move laterally, and I'm talking when he's going backwards, um, to be able to make it difficult on people to get to the net, get their shots off, 
and his quickness. To me, that's more of a Norris caliber defenseman that I would look for, that I would vote for. Not the guy that ends up with, you know, with 101 points, but he was min a minus player or he's a liability in his own zone. I don't look at it that way. And I think Miro's game is getting more rounded. Not that those other guys that I was talking, Fox has got a good game and, and Hughes has got a good game. Uh, Carlson, no. I mean, I, I never understood why, why Pittsburgh went and got him. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why any team would go get him. He, 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 yes, he's a great offensive guy and he can put points up, but dude, the other, that, that one blue line closest to your goalie, he wants no part of that. Yeah. And you better put him with, with a really good defenseman that can, you know, handle a lot of out and upward opportunities. So, so, but, but I just think that Miro, Miro is doing more. I, I mean, you can tell, I, I just, you can tell in his demeanor or something, even from watching on TV, it looks like, oh, he's a little, not that Miro ever gets pissed off, but he's he 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 can he can turn it up a notch, and so maybe he just has to approach every game to be like a Boston or like a Vegas and say it doesn't matter the opponent. This pick out a game, show him all the things that he did aggressively, and you know did all the things that you you want to be a defenseman at both ends of the rink, and say this is who you can be every single night. Unfortunately, you know we need you to play twenty nine yeah. thirty minutes a night. Yeah. You know, yeah. so Victor Hedman, 14 points in 11 games for Tampa. He eats up a lot of ice time. So, well, he, yeah, but, but the thing is, is he's been hurt for the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been playing hurt. He won the cup hurt and it looks like he's healthier now. Yep. But then again, those guys typically and I scored last night. It, I didn't think it was, it was a good shot and everything. I didn't think it was a great goal. The goaltender should have made the save, but regardless but he has weapons up front, you know, Point, Kucherov, and all these guys that translate his passes into points. And and most of them, I would imagine, the majority of them come on the power play because they've got a super, you know, you got Stamkos on one side, Kucherov there, got Point in the slot, Hedman that can pass with anybody. It doesn't even matter who the fifth guy is. Those four guys can, you know, pick you apart, which they did to, to Toronto for most of the game and found a way to lose it. But regardless, um, yeah. He and he's got the size. He he plays with an edge that you don't even see, and and because he's so big, he doesn't have to look like he's moving people. He just does when he wants to. So, but Miro's not that. Miro's not going to get into a lot of battles in front of the net. It's more about posi positional play with Miro. So we're going to have Brad Lukovic on the show soon, sir. Any? Who are you going to have on? Brad Lukovic. Luco. Yeah. Luco's, co Luco's coaching a, a youth team now, too. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah. trying to have uh, as many of the uh, old timers as uh, possible, or older timers, should I say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any dirt? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you dirt on Luke. Okay. Luke comes to our alumni skates um, on Fridays, gets there. Takes his equipment down from our, you know, his locker, lays it out like we're getting dressed and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, we're getting dressed and getting ready to go on there. And as I'm walking out the door, there's Luke sitting in the lounge having a drink, never steps on the ice. So there, there's, and <laughs> I give it to him all the time. I'm like, Luke, that's you're coming on the ice. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna. And then he ends up talking to somebody in the room and, you know, he has a little, whiskey probably and a little, little drinky poo and we don't see him until we get off the edge 
I so, will I will I will play that for him and I'm sure he'll get a good kick out of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is uh greatness. He is the Grinch literally for Halloween. Two times Stanley Cup. The picture is not yet. I did. Are we allowed to use that? Can I put that out in public, or is this a private? Is this a private Craig and Gavin picture? Yeah, that's it. Me and Tweety Bird. <laughs> Boy, it's a good costume, Craig. You nailed it. Oh, you and you know what the the problem with that was? <clears throat> like I I painted all I I do my stuff all the time, and it's not yet. <clears throat> it was not real good this year because my AC did not work for two days here, and we oh. couldn't get a guy here to fix it. So I had three fans in the bathroom. I started about 10 o'clock in the morning. We were down there at like, uh, we go on the ice at 3, 3.50, whatever it was that day for the game. I am sweating. It's ringing wet, and the fans are blowing shit all over. The little makeup brushes are flying across the bathroom counter onto the floor. And, and then I'd have to stop at about five minutes, run out into the living room, stand in front of that fan, because it was like 84 degrees in the house and humid. And it was, you know, it naturally went out at the wrong time. So, man, yeah. who, who knew? I mean, the things we find out about Craig Ludwig on this podcast that you, sir, are a massive Halloween guy. I'm an open book, man. I I, I love Halloween. But the one thing is on Halloween, my, every light in the house is turned off. The doors are locked. T- I watch TV in the bedroom. Don't bother. Don't be ringing my doorbell for <laughs> Candy bar, something. I'd hate to give your kids a six pack of Aikman's beer or my man. I thought about that one year, just showing up with like a little pumpkin, um, like candy holder, and ringing your doorbell. You're a little pumpkin every day of the year. (laughs) Just got to stick a a stem on top of your head and change your orange. You look like it. You'd be you just like a jack o' lantern. I'm just excited when you get inducted into the Dallas Stars Hall of Fame. Probably your family, your kids will be there. And I'll be sitting at your table, and I just I, I'm excited about it, sir. Yeah, they can they can bring me in the little box with the with they when they ground you up and they put you in that box after they cremate you. They can bring they can bring me to that, that event. <laughs> Craig, you are a beast. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. All right, it's always a slice. <laughs> Enjoy your ice time today, sir. And that's going to do it for another edition of Spits and Suds. Thank you. One and all for your support of this program. Really appreciate it. Remember to favor it, follow it, and we'll have more in Spits and Suds uh, in the upcoming days right here on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great day, everyone.